Hey everybody, welcome to the I Hated History Class Podcast. My name is Matt Gregory, and this is Season 2, Episode 2. This week's episode is going to be about the Cold War. Now, the Cold War obviously wasn't a real war, but um, it was a conflict between the Soviet Union and the United States of America. Obviously, the Soviet Union wanted to expand communism, and the United States did not want that. So we're never really going to fight directly the United States and the Soviet Union. We're going to fight indirectly in a series of wars, whether it be the Korean War or the Vietnam conflict, um, the Bay of Pigs invasion, things like that. Specifically, what we're going to focus on today is with the Cuban Missile Crisis. And the question that I want to focus on today is, why did the Soviets pull their missiles out of Cuba? Well, let's get started. All right, so let's start with some context about the Cold War leading into the Cuban Missile Crisis. The Soviet Union had become communist in 1917. In 1925, Joseph Stalin takes over, Leon Trotsky is kicked out. And in that time, Joseph Stalin and the Soviet Union are able to transform what was basically an agrarian monarchy into an industrial superpower, one that pretty much single-handedly defeated the Nazis in World War II. Obviously, the United States is involved in North Africa and a little bit in Europe, but the United States primarily fights World War II in the Pacific against the Japanese. When Berlin falls, it is primarily the Soviet Union who is responsible for that. And the Soviet Union is going to take the brunt of the casualties in the war. The Soviet Union is responsible for capturing Berlin. At the end of that, the United States and Soviet Union are not going to be allies, not even close. In fact, many believe, uh, me personally as well, that the atomic bombs were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, not simply just to punish Japan, but to send a message to the Soviet Union. Hey, don't mess with the United States. That was the attitude. So after the Cold War, the Soviet Union wanted to expand into what was called the Eastern Bloc. It wanted to help communist countries around the world. And the United States obviously didn't want any part of that. And we spy on them. There's the famous U-2 spy plane incident. We try to stop the spread of communism in North Korea. And we get involved in the Korean War. And that's an entirely separate issue. But after the election of John F. Kennedy in 1960, a man who ran to the right of Richard Nixon when it came to the Cold War. I'll say that again. He ran to the right of Richard Nixon when it came to the Cold War. He felt Nixon and Eisenhower, Nixon obviously being the vice president of Eisenhower in the 1950s, they were not hard enough on the Soviet Union. And so Kennedy runs to uh, Nixon's right when it came to that. He's elected president by the thinnest of margins. And that first year in office for John F. Kennedy is really, really rough. One of the things that happens is the Bay of Pigs invasion, something that the Eisenhower administration had been planning for a long time. Basically, the idea was after Cuba had um, been taken over by Castro and Castro had led a people's revolution to become a communist state, uh, many Cuban exiles left Cuba. And the idea was this for the Bay of Pigs invasion. 
we would get Cuban exiles living in Miami and other parts of Florida and the United States, and we would send them over to the Bay of Pigs, and they would invade, and they would essentially start an uprising there in a covert manner. So we weren't doing this like as the United States military. This was a CIA operation that was meant to be covert, and it was meant to start an uprising in the island of Cuba. And the idea being the Americans were arrogant enough to think that everybody in Cuba hated Castro. So that when these uh, Cuban exiles, now liberators, show up, that every Cuban's going to go, yeah, let's get rid of Castro. Well, that didn't happen. And the reason that didn't happen is because, as we've been told in the United States and much of the West, um, people think that Castro was incredibly unpopular with the Cuban pop, uh, people. Not so. Uh, Castro is incredibly popular with his own people, and his popularity only grew over time. If anything, he was much more popular than the man who preceded him, uh, Batista, who allowed slavery in Cuba and allowed for the expansion of private businesses to the detriment of the Cuban people. So Castro was much more popular than Batista, and the Cuban people were not going to side with these Cuban exiles. Anyway... The Bay of Pigs does not go well. Kennedy does not send in the Marines. And Kennedy really ends up looking poor in all of this. Now, why does he end up looking poor? Because he's taking, he's the face of essentially the Bay of Pigs operation, even though it wasn't his operation. The CIA, they were the ones who wanted to do this. And the CIA were the ones who executed it. But Kennedy has egg on his face because... The American public didn't know the CIA was doing this. And who do they blame? They're going to blame their leader. So Kennedy is rightly pissed off about this. At this point, he doesn't trust his advisors. And then he has a disastrous meeting with Nikita Khrushchev in Vienna, Austria. And in that meeting, Kennedy really had that liberal centrist belief that he could go to Khrushchev and negotiate with him, sense some nuance and strike a deal and they could ease the tensions of the Cold War. Well, Khrushchev, he's upset that the people living in East Berlin, which was Soviet-controlled, the people living there were leaving and were coming over to West Berlin. Now, why were, they doing, why were they doing that? A lot of people believe that the American-controlled parts of West Berlin were letting people in. Khrushchev couldn't really prove this, but he didn't like that this was happening. And Khrushchev is very embarrassed by this. So he goes into this meeting the way any true leader or negotiator does. He says, I'm going in there and I will not let up until Kennedy stops letting in exiles from East Berlin into West Berlin. He will not let up. That's how you negotiate. You go in and you put all your cards on the table and you say, this is what I want. Knowing that you probably won't get exactly that, you'll probably land a little bit far away from that. But the more you push, the closer you get to your end goal. Whereas Kennedy's mistaken thinking was, well, I'll go in there. I don't really have any goal. I'll just kind of suss this guy out and then we'll come to an agreement. Kennedy was blindsided. He had absolutely no idea that Khrushchev was going to body him like this. And that's exactly what happens. You cannot be, uh, how do I say it? You can't be, you can't lack commitment 
when you go into a meeting like that, even if you don't think it's a negotiation, you have to commit. You have to commit to what it is that you want. And unfortunately, this flames the tension of the Cold War. When we get to the Cuban Missile Crisis in October of 1962, the Cold War is at its absolute peak. You see, Castro had wanted to be friends with the United States, but we didn't want that. We were already thinking of ways that we could get rid of Castro. The CIA hated Castro. We hated communism, so Castro had to go. As a result, uh, Castro actually comes to the United States, and when he does that, he really lobbies to, you know, forge a relationship with the United States. But we're not having it. And then the Cuban sanctions come out, and basically we form. Um, and I'm not talking about the literal blockade with the the Cuban Missile Crisis, but basically we cut off all trade with Cuba, and we tell our allies, "You trade with Cuba." You are no ally of us, and this basically starves Cuba. This starves Cuba. If you want to know why Cuba is a quote poor country, and I would dispute that,、um, a majority of that comes from the fact that they are facing sanctions from the largest economy in the world, other than China. So, you know, it's it's just not a good good thing for the Cuban people. Cuba, as a result, needs help, and who comes to their rescue? The Soviet Union, a fellow communist country, and they supply aid, they supply advisors, they give Cuba almost everything they need. But one of the other things they start to bring in are missiles, and the United States finds out that these missiles are being brought in, and the United States freaks out because we don't want offensive missiles, ballistic missiles, 90 miles off of our coast. We don't want that. So. What happens? There's a standoff, October 27th, 1962. There's a naval blockade of the United States between Cuba and the Russian ships bringing in the missiles. There's a standoff. They both stare at each other, and then the Russian ships leave. Now, if you ask, you know, history、uh, teachers or or、um, You know, people who spew American propaganda. Basically, the the line goes like this: the Russians were going to bring in their missiles, and Kennedy stood up to them and showed that he had balls, he had guts, and you know the Russians backed down. We didn't back down; the Russians backed down, and that's what happened. Well, let's find out what really happened. All right, so let's start off with a letter from Chairman Khrushchev to President Kennedy, dated October twenty seventh, nineteen sixty two. Khrushchev wrote, "Dear Mr. President, I understand your concern for the security of the United States. You wish to ensure the security of your country, and this is understandable. But Cuba too wants the same thing. All countries want to maintain their security." But how are we, the Soviet Union, to understand the fact that you have surrounded the Soviet Union with military bases, surrounded our allies with military bases, placed military bases literally around our country, and stationed your missile armaments there? This is no secret. Your missiles are located in Britain. They're located in Italy, and are aimed against us. Your missiles are located in Turkey. 
You are disturbed over Cuba. You say that this disturbs you because it's 90 miles by sea from the coast of you, the United States of America. But you have placed destructive missile weapons, which you call offensive, in Turkey, literally next to us. I therefore make this proposal. We are willing to remove from Cuba the missiles, which you regard as offensive. Your representatives will make a declaration to the effect that the United States, for its part, will remove its missiles from Turkey. We, in making this pledge, will promise not to invade Turkey. The United States government will promise not to invade Cuba. The greatest joy for all peoples would be the announcement of our agreement. These are my proposals, Mr. President. Respectfully yours, Nikita Khrushchev. Okay, so that's this first letter that we're going to read. Before I go over anything, let's read the next letter. It's the response from President Kennedy to Chairman Khrushchev from Washington, October 27th, 1962. Dear Mr. Chairman, I have read your letter with great care and welcome the statement of your desire to seek a prompt solution to the problem. As I read your letter, the key elements of your proposals are as follows. Number one, you would agree to remove these weapons from Cuba under appropriate United Nations observation and supervision and halt the further introduction of such weapon systems into Cuba. And number two, we on our part would agree, A, to remove promptly the blockade now in effect, and B, to give assurances against an invasion of Cuba. I am confident that other nations of the Western Hemisphere would be prepared to do likewise. There is no reason why we should not be able to complete these arrangements and announce them to the world within a couple of days. The effect of such a settlement on easing world tensions would enable us to work toward a more general arrangement regarding, quote, other armaments, unquote, as opposed to in your letter, as proposed in your letter, excuse me. But the first step, let me emphasize, is the cessation of work on missile sites in Cuba. The continuation of this threat by linking these problems to the broader questions of European and world security would surely be a grave risk to the peace of the world. For this reason, I hope we can quickly agree along the lines outlined in this letter and in your letter of October 26th, John F. Kennedy. Okay? Finally, let's end with the Russian ambassador's cable. That's like a... um, like a telegram almost, to Soviet foreign ministry. Okay. This is Dobrynin's, that's the, um, Dobrynin is the Russian ambassador to the United States. This is his cable to the Soviet foreign ministry, October 27th, 1962. Late tonight, Robert Kennedy, who was President Kennedy's attorney general, invited me to come see him. We talked alone. Kennedy stated that, The U.S. government is determined to get rid of those bases in Cuba up to, in the extreme case, of bombing them, since, I repeat, they pose a great threat to the security of the United States. In response, I am sure that the Soviets will respond and a real war will begin, in which millions of Americans and Russians will die. We want to avoid that in any way we can. I'm sure that the government of the USSR has the same wish. The the most important thing for us 
is to get an agreement as soon as possible with the Soviet government to halt further work on the construction of the missile bases in Cuba and take measures under international control that would make it impossible to use these weapons. And what about Turkey? I asked Robert Kennedy. If that is the only obstacle to achieving the rules I mentioned earlier, then the president doesn't see any difficulties in resolving this issue, replied Robert Kennedy. The greatest difficulty for the president is the public discussion of the issue of Turkey. The deployment of missile bases in Turkey was officially done by special decision of the NATO Council. To announce now a unilateral decision by the president of the USA to withdraw missile bases from Turkey, this would damage the entire structure of NATO and the U.S. position as the leader of NATO. However, President Kennedy is ready to to come to agreement on that question with Khrushchev. I think that in order to withdraw these bases from Turkey, we need four to five months. However, the president can't say anything public in this regard about Turkey. Robert Kennedy then warned that his comments about Turkey are extremely confidential. Besides him and his brother, only two to three people know about it in Washington. The president also asked Khrushchev to give him an answer within the next day, Kennedy said in conclusion. So before we actually review this and and go on to our question, let me just read you a textbook passage from the United States of America. The textbook is called The American Nation from 2003. After the Bay of Pigs invasion, the Soviet Union gave Cuba more weapons. In October 1962, President Kennedy learned that the Soviets were secretly building missile bases on the island. If the bases were completed, atomic missiles would reach American cities within minutes. Kennedy announced that American warships would stop any Soviet ship carrying missiles. The world waited tensely as Soviet ships steamed towards Cuba. At the last minute, the Soviet ships turned back. Quote, we're eyeball to eyeball, said Secretary of State Dean Rusk. Quote, and I think that the other fellow just blinked, end quote. Kennedy's strong stand led the Soviets to compromise. Khrushchev agreed to remove Soviet missiles in Cuba. In turn, the United States promised not to invade the island. Still, the Cuban Missile Crisis had shaken both American and Soviet officials. In all the years of the Cold War, the the world never came closer to a full-scale nuclear war. Okay, guys, that is pure American propaganda there. Because if you go by this textbook, it'll tell you that Kennedy stood up to Khrushchev and Khrushchev blinked and turned around, you know, with his tail between his legs. And then Khrushchev says, all right, fine, we'll take the missiles out of Cuba, but you can't invade Cuba. And Kennedy agreed. Mission accomplished. That is not what happened. As we know from reading the transcripts between Khrushchev, Kennedy, Dobrynin, and Robert Kennedy, the attorney general, what happened was this. Khrushchev says to Kennedy, hey, you don't like us having missiles in Cuba? Then take your missiles out of Turkey. You got missiles in Turkey, which is right next to us. You got them in Italy, which is not far. And you got them in Britain pointed straight at us. Take them out of Cuba. 
And Kennedy's response is very weird. Kennedy says, all right, so uh, you'll you'll remove these weapons under United States, uh, excuse me, United Nations observations, and we'll agree to remove the blockade and we won't invade Cuba. Is that what you're saying? And that's not what, you know, that's not what Khrushchev was saying. Khrushchev was saying, take your missiles out of Turkey. And it's only when Dobrynin, the ambassador to the United States from the Soviet Union, speaks to Robert Kennedy and says, look, what about Turkey? Robert Kennedy finally says, look, okay, if this is what it takes to get the missiles out of Cuba, then we'll do it. But you can't tell anyone because we, the United States, we're the head of NATO, the North American Treaty Organization. We don't want to look weak. Only two to three people know about it in Washington, this, this deal, this thing with Turkey, the fact that we're taking our missiles out. So you can't tell anyone. And that, ladies and gentlemen, that is why the Soviets pulled their missiles out of Cuba. It is not because Kennedy, like a superhero, stood up to them and the Russians said, okay, fine, we weren't actually going to do it. No, Khrushchev, Khrushchev's response to having missiles pointed right at his country is not that crazy if you think about it. Khrushchev's job as the premier of the Soviet Union is to protect the people of the Soviet Union. Whether you like the Soviet Union or not, that's his job. And he really plays the United States here by saying, okay, you're going to point missiles at us? We'll put missiles in Cuba and see how you like that. And we didn't like that. It freaked out the United States quite a bit. And so Kennedy guided by his brother, they agree to pull their missiles out of Cuba, excuse me, uh, to pull their missiles out of Turkey, and Khrushchev agrees to pull his missiles out of Cuba as well. And this was considered the height of the Cold War. This was very, very tense. But, you know, how did it happen? Or, Or why did the Soviets pull their missiles out? It happened because... Khrushchev put the United States in an awkward position and the United States had no choice but to secretly do what the Soviet Union wanted. And whether you like Khrushchev or not, he had this incredible ability to hold a mirror up to the United States and say, you blame us for this thing, but look at yourself. You're doing the exact same thing. So we'll stop when you stop. If you're saying to yourself right now, well, Khrushchev didn't have the right to do that, you know, and, 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 and you know, Kennedy just should have, you know, attacked or, 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 or retaliated. Hey, guys, that's American exceptionalism. That is you saying it's not okay when other countries do it, but it's okay when the United States do it. I question that morality. I question that morality. So why did the Soviets pull their missiles out of Cuba? Because we covertly and quietly agreed to pull our missiles out of Turkey. All right, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the I Hated History Class podcast. If you got any feedback for me, hit me up on Twitter at Rossa Omega, R-O-S-S-A-O-M-E-G-A. Uh, you can also send me an email, ihatedhistoryclass at gmail.com. 
And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Give me some feedback. Let me know if there's certain topics you want me to cover or feedback about, you know, how things are going in general. And, uh, you know, share this podcast with your friends. These are meant to be archival. These are meant to be um, educational. I'm not doing this for my own ego. I really am just doing this so that um, I have these resources that I can give to people and hopefully show them how to study history, how to look at history, and really learn things through an appropriate lens. Until next time, have a good one.